0: hey my name is alex and you're listening to lunchbox radio sunday edition um before we get started i wanted to thank everybody for um listening to podcasts listening to podcasts lately i am going to be bringing back a Um, saying I used to do with the podcast and relaunching a website for the podcast that you'll be able to go check out soon. Um, if you remember, I used to have a website for the podcast and then it got, should I put this? It got horribly hacked because the internet is a terrible place and somebody was like, oh, this guy looks like he has money. I'm like, excuse you. I do not have money and you are underestimating how little I how little shits I can give and just abandon something altogether when it becomes unsustainable and evil. Um but the reason long story short there the reason that the podcast got hacked was um the website provider Specifically, Bluehost, like, I will call out Bluehost on this thing, on this particular instance, did not keep their security, um, protocols updated on the, uh, WordPress side, because I was using WordPress, and the, so the website was just, like, open to being fucked up, and that's fucked up, and I was, like, I don't want to deal with this, so I did. I disconnected the. Uh, I disconnected WordPress from it, and I, um, like abandoned it because it was and stopped promoting it because it was. It became like a toxic dump, dumpster file. I'm like, I'm not gonna pay like hundreds of dollars to fix this because I did this for like, the cost of the domain, and that was on sale. So, I, um, I just kind of walked away from it, and I didn't really return to it until, um, until Spotify, until Spotify, um, the podcast daddy, um, (laughs) announced that Anchor was uh, partnering with, with, um, WordPress to make it possible for you to run like a pretty seamless uh podcast website where everything would be updated via you publishing on Anchor and then directly to um and then you would be able to publish directly to a WordPress a WordPress site so I um I looked into it, I spent probably the past two days, like, making a new site, and I am hoping to be able to launch it soon, so look forward to that if you really like, if you really like the, um, podcast, but you want, like, a website to go along with it, so, yeah, definitely look forward to that, but I wanted to talk about something that I was kind of, like, stunned by, so in... I want to say episode 19 in episode 19 or 20 of jujutsu kaisen they introduced um the character toto's like fancy power which they call boogie woogie but is this clap where he can switch places with any object i mean it was i think it's any object he touched so that includes anything so um they use it in the show to like for him to switch places with, um, the curse that they're fighting. That him and U, Yu- him and Yuji are fighting. Um, he can also switch places with Yuji. and by the end of the episode, he literally switches Yuji's place with a weapon he touched like an hour ago. That like even we the viewer forgot, and it's it's kind of this awesome. Demonstration of fight choreography and animation and all this stuff. But it's also something... It's also something different that I was really stunned at. Because it doesn't... Anime doesn't have good meme energy, oftentimes, And if you're wondering what I mean by that doesn't have intentionally good, like, meme referential energy many times. And if you wonder what I mean by that, I mean that, like, oftentimes anime becomes a meme because it, because it's just good and funny. It's not, um, it's not that it, like, goes after that kind of feel and energy and, like, irreverence. And does it so successfully that it's like, oh no, we like this is designed to be memeable, and you can you can tell this because oftentimes when, oftentimes when, anime are trying to be really memeable, you get it usually doesn't involve the animators; it involves the dub. And What I mean by that is, um, you go look. At um something like f- um my first girlfriend to the gal that um like uh, mediocre etchy romantic comedy anime from a bunch of seasons back at this point and they went like balls to the wall with the um with the dub for that and I remember. So, I remember tweeting about that show because the character who, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, specifically on the Sunday edition before, there's a um, character in that show, a side character, who at one point just says the word cuck. Not just, like, in the show, but also in the, like, next episode preview, and I'm just like, excuse me? What? And, like, it was just such... Like, (sighs) (sighs) the word cuck is such a charged political, like, word... That I... it, it, It took me off guard, because it's... It was the dub of that show, like, giving that show this, like, weird attitude... That it had not had before, and that it, that usually doesn't end well. So I'm watching um Big Mouth, and aside from the um very disturbing, stereo, super stereotypical black character in that, and it's like it it it's very uncomfortable with that at least to me. And that character on screen like this is this is uncomfortable. Why are we doing this? That show is hilarious. Because it's so it's so specifically irreverent and so like mile a minute joke writing written well that like you you, you can't you can't like You can't ignore it. And it, it catches you off guard constantly. There's, like there's this. um Like. Very. St- this character who's like supposed to be a very stupid. Character. Who's the gym teacher. And this kid just calls him. And un- goes. Oh bless your heart you unsharpened pencil. And it's just like. It hits you like. Oh that's so terrible. <laughs> and just. It's just, it's just, like, weird, insane combination that makes me laugh really hard. But it, it it also has an honesty to it that it definitely wouldn't be able to have if it was on, um, if it was on, um, what's it called? If it was on cable television, it would, even if it was on HBO, it really wouldn't be able to have this kind of, like, raw honesty, because of what you expect to be on HBO, and what ends up, and what it makes me think of in relation to, like, the what I'm calling the, like, Toto Clap phenomenon, is that, that, the, like, cut of animation with Toto, like, that isolates total clapping. And if he's like salt bay clapping is like it's so aware of the kind of energy that you have to have to be like a really successful meme. It's that it's it, it's not about the like it's not about the scenario. It's not about the um the the voice lines they say that like the characters are saying it's about the um the um what's it called? It's about it's about those like raw almost like indescribable energy of just like you're watch when when you watch that scene you're like oh this is this is Engineered for the fucking internet. (laughs) By animators. Who like. Just took full control. And are like. "We, we, We are choosing to make this for the internet. We are very aware of what's going to happen after this comes out. And. It. That. Because of. Um. Because anime is like a, because anime is a filtered form of entertainment by default. Because it's not, um, because it's A, because it's not American. And B, because oftentimes it's dubbed and not American. The, a lot of Japanese comedy is linguistic and pun based key point pun based. It's hard to carry those um it's hard to carry those puns over and be really faithful. One of the things that makes um one of the things that makes uh plus size elf so funny is whoever the translator is manages to either I can't I can't tell what which one this is all the time But they managed to translate, um, either translate the puns that they have in the show successfully without having to explain, they have in the, in that manga successfully without having to explain the joke. Um, because oftentimes what will happen with a Japanese pun in a, um, in a chapter of manga is, or, um, in a chapter of manga, they will translate the pun, put a little asterisk next to it, and then explain it down like the, in like cliff notes or whatever or in like translation notes on the page. And basically what you end up doing is you end up explaining the joke and as anybody knows, when you explain a joke, it's no longer funny. And so, the result is this, not a whole lot of physical, co- of like, It's not that there's a whole lot of... It's not that there's not a whole lot of physical comedy in anime. I mean, there's tons. But there's... Not a whole lot of, like... Physical meme lord shit happening in anime that's super successful. Um, because... A ton of it is paired... With... Like you know, this, like, pun, language-based humor that you have to, you're, like, you have to read and, like, your brain has to do, has to take an extra step to put it all together. And in that extra step, you're losing humor. And just, like, making this weird, like, 1980s isolated slow clap thing that, I mean, you, I, I'm sure people going into the episode, they're taking those, taking those, like, half a second clips of Toto just, like, being, like, clap. And just going bananas with them. I mean, I know they are. Somebody said it much, said it as much on the, um, on a Instagram post I commented on. And it, it just, it impressed me that it was so clear that the animators on that um animation cut absolutely knew what they were doing and absolutely knew like we could do this and make this and make this sequence and this episode successful by doing this and also people are definitely going to cut this out and, like, run with it. And this will, like, this will make this show's lifespan significant because it, um... It... Um, it will give it, like, a memeable existence beyond the show be beyond the time the episode airs, beyond the time the show is on. And um it ends up being an a very intentional variant of um that creepy horse night that he creepy horseman night from that hentai that is like it's like he, A, disgusting, but B, so, like, stunningly weird that, of course, of course that thing survives. Of course that thing is everywhere still. Um, and it... It also demonstrates, like, how... how corporate money can be poured into art and art can take advantage of it. Because it's really clear that Jujutsu Kaisen is super success successful, um, the, at the Anime Awards it was it won Anime of the Year, and all this stuff. But the, the thing that's disturbing about that is, it is, it's one of its primary, one of that show's primary backers, one of its primary production partners. It are the people Crunchyroll who are running the Anime Awards. But the thing that people forget about, um, things like animation and film and all this stuff, when they are, when, when they're in the moment talking about it or um, criticism, is that f- art costs money to produce, and oftentimes, if you are taking the and oftentimes one of the insidious ways companies like end up being one of the thick companies at the end of the world is that they just they just give that money or they just become a place that has that money. Look at Disney Disney bought cultural products without anybody and without anybody thinking about it. They now own like a lot of what a lot of people watch. But does that make something, does that make something like, um, any of the Marvel movies that have been produced under Disney bad? No, it makes, it makes the conversation around how much of the mind share they own weird. What would be bad is if Disney, like, was like, hey, we bought, we bought. Fox and now we're just killing Deadpool. <coughs> because it's a it, because it's a R rated property and with Disney we just we're just not going to produce another one. And de and everybody thought that was true for a while and did the announce like no no. We're aware of the Deadpool the thing, we're going to make a third one because It's super popular and like that's what what we would do if it wasn't rated R and we don't want to impose you know that value based stuff on something that's just a good property that's in bad face of us as curators of culture and art and that actually made me have a whole lot more respect for the company. Am I saying that they're not go- they're not warping the landscape? No, they are totally warping the landscape, and that is also true of Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is no longer the little illegal, the little illegal hub for your fan subs. It is, it is the anime industry giant in America, and we need to be aware of how they are changing the kinds of things that are produced because they are partnering more and more with animation studios to have more control and more of a finger in the pie of anime culture and make more money. You know, it... But that doesn't mean that... A show like... Um... Jujutsu Kaisen... Isn't good. Is it necessarily anime of the year? No. Is... Um... Are the anime awards... Important? Yes. But they don't... They're not as important as they could be. that makes any sense? Um... And this is all the side, but if you look at something like the Oscars, if you notice, the Oscars is intentional. Things like the Oscars and the Golden Globes are intentionally completely disconnected from movie studios. And what that does is it gives them a kind of integrity, a kind of importance that you wouldn't have otherwise. Let's say, um... Let's say, for example, um... Jake Gyllenhaal wins an Oscar, a a Golden Globe, let's say, for his performance as Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home. But the Oscar has a Sony logo on it. That changes the relationship of the concept of, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal being in a Sony-produced film, winning an award that is also given to him by Sony. And that's kind of what happened in the Jujutsu Kaisen scenario. But that still doesn't change the fact in Jujutsu Kaisen's case that, that that was just a fabulous episode of... Animation, and it's like the show all of a sudden has this like awareness of how to dominate like meme culture very clearly in that moment, and it was it was kind of amazing, and it had it in a way where like you didn't need someone like me to clip out and catch the egg time clip from um from Horimiya Mia um when it was. Like in its second or third episode, and just put like "egg time baby" all over the screen and post it to um to uh, TikTok and like that thing has blown up a little, but it's not like it's not like amazing. It's not like done amazingly in the like weeks it's been up on TikTok. People think it's funny and they like they like it. It's not this universal thing. It's not. Nobody had done what I kind ima- of what I can imagine happening with the um clip with the clips of Toto clapping, in Jujutsu Kaisen, which is. The everybody clap your hands song, but it's just the clips of Toto clapping in succession to, m- made faster to the beat of that. Of the clapping that in that song. I can totally imagine having that happening with that thing. I'm sure it has. And if, if it hasn't, there is no God that needs to happen now. Do it, internet. Um, but it... It's... It's just a stunning awareness. And stunning... Like, universal... Wide. Wide appeal. Like meme lord culture thing. In that show that I was. Re- that was really stunned because it was recognizable in the moment. Like oh. Those those little couple seconds of animation are a big deal. They are meme material 1000%. Holy shit. And. I just wanted to talk about it because I thought it was really... I thought it was really interesting. And on that note... If you like this podcast, you can subscribe in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. New episodes come out every third day, where I talk about a specific show or um, film. And every Sunday like this where I talk about something more conceptual. Something more metatextual. Um... And every once in a while, I release a little literal one minute or one or two minute episode that I call Manga Minute. Um, that's a b- little bonus. I There's one in the feed right now, if you haven't listened to it, for um, Plus Size Elf. Um, so go listen to that. It will literally take you two minutes. Two minutes because of an intro and outro sequence. And the rest of it is literally, I stick to one minute. I swear to God. And on that note, my name is Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. I'll talk to you on Thursday.